Blog Talk Radio. Whenever I hear this uh, 
this haunting tune by Coldplay titled Viva La Vida. It uh, reminds me of, um, it actually reminds me of when I was much younger, much stronger, much faster, when I was truly in my prime as a as a young man and how I thought that I couldn't be hurt, I would never die, and that I would live forever. And being a young Marine, and then a little bit later a young Marine officer in charge of combat units, I often thought that I was invincible and all-powerful. And at times, even now, after playing Viva La Vida by Coldplay, I there's just a little bit of sadness. I'll admit it. Because those days are long gone. I'll be 50 years old in just a couple of weeks. And time has truly flown by. I'll be at the Marine Base in Quantico on Friday. And usually when I head over to the Marine Base, I I go over to OCS and I I just drive over. And I just park my car and I stand around, look out at the parade ground where I once stood, where I once worked. I walk around. I look at some of the old buildings some of the newer buildings. But I noticed something, something profound. Everything now seems a lot smaller than it was back then, that it seemed back then. Have you noticed that? Have any of you gone back to your high schools for your high school reunion and just looked at the high school from outside, least of all gone inside, and noticed that it seems a lot smaller than I remember. I realized that about my house, house I lived in on 28 East 100th Street in Chicago, Illinois. I visited that house some years ago back in, in 1998 before it was torn down. And I walked through the house uh, it was vacant at the time, and I walked through, and it it just seemed so so small. And that's how I feel every time I walk and walk around Quantico Marine Base, and walk around the base, and it just all seems so much smaller now. Well, so much for the reminiscing. And the profound revelations. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Today's date, December 14th, 2011 A.D. We're here in beautiful Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. United States of America. Planet Earth. Third planet from the sun. Let's talk about uh, executive orders. What is an executive order? Well... An executive order is nothing more than a legally binding order 
given by the president, acting as the head of the executive branch to federal administrative agencies. Executive orders are generally used to direct federal agencies and officials in their execution of congressional established laws or policies. The point here, congressionally established laws or policies. Please remember that. Because in some, no, in many instances, they've been used to guide agencies in directions contrary to congressional intent. Uh, You following me here so far? Not all EOs, as they're called, are created equal. Proclamations, for example, are a special type of executive order that is generally ceremonial or symbolic in nature. Such as when the president declares National Take Your Child to Work Day. Another subset of executive orders are those uh, concerned with national security or defense issues. They've generally been known as national security directives. And under the Clinton administration, for example, they've been termed presidential decision directives. Executive orders do not require congressional approval to take effect, but they have the same legal weight as laws passed by Congress. The president's sources is the, the president's source of authority to issue executive orders can be found in Article Two, Section One of the Constitution, which grants the president the executive powers. Section three, Article Two further directs the president to take care that the laws are faithfully executed. Now, to implement or execute the laws of the land, presidents give direction and guidance to executive branch agencies and departments, often in the form of executive orders. Yes, brief history and perhaps a few examples here. Executive orders have been used in every chief executive by every chief executive since the time of George Washington. Most of these directives were unpublished and were only seen by the agencies involved. But in the early 1900s, the State Department began numbering them. So now there are now over 13,000 numbered orders. Orders were retroactively numbered going back to 1862 when President Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus and issued the Emancipation Proclamation. He did so by executive order. There are also many other executive orders that that have not been numbered because they've been lost due to bad record-keeping. Such is not the problem today, though. All new executive orders are easily accessible. Many important policy changes have occurred through executive order. Harry Truman integrated the armed forces under the executive law, under the executive order. President Eisenhower used an EO to desegregate schools. President Kennedy and Johnson used them to bar racial discrimination in federal housing. Hiring and contracting. President Reagan used an EO to bar the use of federal funds for advocating abortion. 
President Clinton reversed this order when he came into office. President Clinton has come under fire, had, had come under fire for using EOs as a way to make policy without consulting, boom, the Republican Congress. Imagine that. Controversy. Executive orders are controversial because they allow the president to make major decisions, even law, without the consult of Congress. This, of course, runs against the general logic of the Constitution, that no one should have power to act unilaterally. Nevertheless, Congress often gives the president considerable leeway in implementing and administering federal law and programs. Sometimes Congress cannot agree exactly on how to implement a law or program. And in effect, this leaves a decision to the federal agencies involved and the president that stands at their head. When Congress fails to spell out in exact detail how a law is to be executed, it leaves the door open for the president to provide those details in the form of executive orders. Does anybody see where I'm going here? Yeah. The ultimate criticism of executive orders is that the runaway use of EOs could result in a president becoming a virtual dictator, capable of making major policy policy decisions without any congressional or judicial input. And that's why we're having this show today, because we're going to discuss this, because Obama has once again threatened to act unilaterally wherever he can without the consent of Congress using the excuse that Congress fails to act, that Congress fails to do what he wants them to do, that he thinks is necessary, policies that he'd like to see implemented he simply would rather go around Congress to get these things done. Take a listen to this. Uh, hear it from the man himself. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. In the last 30 years. The number one issue here in Washington, extension of the payroll tax cut. The president told me that the American people, this economy, cannot afford to not extend that tax cut. Now, there, there's a, 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 a series of ways to do it. And uh, what I've said to... Republican leadership is I'm willing to compromise, I'm willing to work with them, uh, I'm willing to adopt some of the ideas that they may have in terms of how we get it done, but we need to get it done. And one year from today, we will know if this is a one-term or a two-term president. So I asked the president, what will it take from now until then to not only win Colorado again, but re-election as well? But what we're going to have to do is to continue to make progress on the economy over the next several months, uh, and where Congress is not willing to act, we're going to go ahead and do it ourselves. But it would be nice if we can get a little bit of help from uh, Capitol Hill. The president told me he plans on visiting Colorado several more times the next 12 months, but that can be said about a number. And there you have it. The president of the United States will seek to implement his policies through executive order in the coming months to make the trains run on time. You see, that's how would-be dictators and despots get, get their power. 
by promising to give the people what they want. Let them eat cake. I will make the trains run on time. I will turn the German economy around. And while I'm doing that, well, it's not going to be pretty. I'm going to have to do some things that I really don't want to do. But hey, you'll like the results. So just bear with me. Because I'm the president. And it's my job to give you what you want. To turn this economy around. In effect, we have a president who pretty much doesn't have much respect for the separation of powers. He certainly doesn't have a lot of respect for the Constitution of the United States. We've seen that. That much is clear and obvious. He stated so on numerous occasions. The, the president, in many ways, would much rather see the United States of America in a situation where he has ultimate power. Because when you think about it, he wants to fundamentally transform the United States of America, and it's going to take a lot more, a lot longer than eight years. Take a listen to this clip. Feel free to call in. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. into the issues of redistribution of wealth. The tragedies of the civil rights movement was um, because the civil rights movement became so court-focused, I think that there was a tendency to lose track of the political and community organizing and, and activities on the ground that are able to put together the actual coalitions of power through which you bring about redistributive change. So now we have redistributed change. Good morning and welcome and now to we have this. WBEZ Chicago 91.5 FM. And we're joined by Barack Obama, who is Illinois State Senator from the 13th District and a senior lecturer in the law school at the University of Chicago. You know, if you, if, if you look at um, the, the, the victories and failures of the civil rights movement. Um, victories and, and failures. It's litigation strategy in the court. I think where it succeeded was to vest formal rights uh, in uh, previously dispossessed peoples, so that uh, I would now have the right to vote. I would now be able to sit at a lunch counter and, and order, and as long as I could pay but for it. But it didn't address okay. the issue of redistribution uh, the of wealth. Court never ventured into the issues of redistribution of wealth, uh, and sort of more basic. All right, all right, all right. That's and, enough. And, that and, that's uh, enough. So, how do we redistribute wealth? Well, we tax those rich white folks. Those wealthy folks, the wealthiest among us. And then we take their money and we give it to somebody else who hasn't earned it. Hence my links in the chat room to Ayn Rand's books and Ayn Rand's movies, Atlas Shrugged. We'll go ahead and put it, put one, put it up there one more time. Here's the deal. The President of the United States 
is giving us fair warning. And that warning is he will do whatever it takes to stay in office for at least another four years. He's giving us fair warning that if he has to go around Congress, if he has to go around the Constitution, if he has to ignore the Constitution, he's going to do whatever it takes to stay in office for another four years. And generally what it's going to take is for him to appease the American people, for him to say, hey, I've done this for you. Now you do something for me. Now, if you don't know what Barack Obama really thinks about the Constitution, well, I've got it for you right here from his own words. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I think we can say that uh, uh, the Constitution reflected a enormous blind spot in this culture that carries on until this day, and, and, uh, and that the framers uh, had that same blind spot. I, I, I don't think the two views are contradictory to say that it was a remarkable political document uh, that paved the way for where we are now, and to say that uh, it also uh, re- reflected the fundamental flaw of this country that continues to this day. The documents that we hold in this very home, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, these are not simply words written into aging parchment. And in that sense, I think we can say that uh, uh, the Constitution reflected a enormous blind spot in this culture that carries on until this day, and, and, uh, and that the framers uh, had that same blind spot. I- These are not simply words written into aging parchment. They are the foundation of liberty and justice in this country, and a light that shines for all who seek freedom, fairness, equality, and dignity around the world. I think it is an imperfect document, and I think it is a document that reflects uh, some deep flaws uh, in uh, American culture, the colonial culture nascent at that time. I stand here today as someone whose own life was made possible by these documents. My father came to these shores in search of the promise that they offer. My mother made me rise before dawn to learn their truths when I lived as a child in a foreign land. I think it is an imperfect document, and I think it is a document that reflects uh, some deep flaws uh, in uh, American culture the colonial culture nascent at that time. I've studied the Constitution as a student. I've taught it as a teacher. I've been bound by it as a lawyer and a legislator. I took an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution as Commander-in-Chief. And as a citizen, I know that we must never, ever, turn our back on its enduring principles for expedience sake. I think it is an imperfect document, and I think it is a document that reflects uh, some deep flaws uh, in uh, American culture, the colonial culture nascent at that time. And in that sense, I think we can say that uh, uh, the Constitution reflected a enormous blind spot in this culture that carries on until this day, and and. Uh, and that the framers uh, had that same right, blind spot. All right, all right. I think we've pretty much got the point of what the president means here. How many? Let me ask you this, folks. How many 
how many presidents previous to this one have we heard say such things about the founding documents? How many? One, two, Clinton, maybe? Bush? Carter? No, no, no. No, just this one? Just this guy? Yeah, pretty much. Here, what what we have here, folks, is the audacity of a dope, of an idiot, of a socialist. We have a blatant disregard for the Constitution of the United States, except where it serves his purpose. Article 1 of the United States Constitution established the legislative branch. The Congress. Article 2 established the executive branch, the presidency. Article 3 established the judicial branch, the Supreme Court, and the federal court system. Three separate branches of government with separate powers to specifically create a check and balance system of government to prevent any one man or group of men the ability to become a dictator, tyrant, or establish any monarchy. That, I suggest to you right here and now, on this show, is exactly what I think Barack Obama is seeking to do. Now, I do believe there will be elections held in 2012. I do believe that the, the Obama team will seek to rig those elections as best they can. And one way I believe they will seek to rig those elections is by giving some of the people, the people that they need, some of what they want. Imagine, if you will, a pipeline from Canada all the way through the United States that will, in fact, not save or create, but will, in fact, employ upwards of 20,000 American citizens. At first, Barack Hussein Obama was all for it. It was all good. Until some of his constituency, or constituents, decided that it probably wasn't a good idea right now. So, they began to complain a little, and he put a halt to it. Just put a stop to it. So... What's going to happen to those 20,000 people who could be employed right now as we speak? And in fact, uh, there were some uh, concerns about the pipeline harming some marshlands or some such thing. And the layers of the pipe decided that, if you will, no pun intended, decided that they would go ahead and move it upwards of 300 miles. In one uh, one way or another, that still didn't satisfy them. Barack Obama has the ability to employ 20,000 people right here and now. But the, do the math. He will anger a wealth of his constituency. Upwards of uh, you know, who knows. And that outweighs employing actual Americans. We have a call on the line. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Thanks, uh, Rob. Uh, Robert 
Dr. Yeah. Robert Jones, it's a Sarge, and boy, am I glad you're doing this show. This this kind of show is one that absolutely must be done. Hey, Sarge, because, it's an honor uh, to have you. We, thank you, sir. And uh, we we I would like to remind you rather of a gentleman named Jesse Jackson Jr., who, by the way, maybe be oh, yeah. quite prominently in the Rod Bogoyevich story in the days and weeks to come. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot to say about this guy, but. More pertinently to the subject of which you are speaking, he has called upon the president to declare that uh, opposition, the congressional opposition to the American Jobs Act is akin to Confederates being in rebellion against the Union. And so, therefore, he's mm-hmm. calling upon – he called upon President Obama to disregard the Congress and simply rule by executive order because he should declare Congress to be in rebellion – and, and, and opposition to the presidency, mind you, and this constitutes an emergency for which the president can legislate all by his lonesome in essence. Now, this is the same Jesse Jackson who, when questioned by a reporter about the fact that it's against IRS regulations for politicians and campaigns from the pulpit, and Jackson said, well, there's, you know, in many African-American churches born, uh, you know, that's an experience of politicking from the pulpit. And uh, and a reporter asked him, does that supersede the law? And Jackson said, oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Which just goes to show you the kind of respect for the rule of law that Congress Jesse Jackson has. And the question is, has he, in fact, passed this on or inspired the president, perhaps, to uh, assume this notion? Well, I I would submit to you that the notion is already there, given the sort (laughs) of, um, you know, uh, commentary that uh, uh, President Obama has already uh, spoken of. Uh, in past uh, on past occasions, but but yes, he absolutely has the idea to do such a thing. We must not forget. I I believe to a moral certainty the man usurped the presidency. He's in yeah. utter disregard of the Constitution just by sitting there in the office. Well, he has no constitutional authority to be there. Yet he's there every day. He remains in office. It's a clear district, clear indication of his utter disregard and in fact uh, subversion of the United States Constitution. So, no, I wouldn't put this past him. I expect him to do this. The only question is, what will be the congressional response? Will it be weak? Will it be ineffectual? Will it be feckless? Will it be cowardly? That's the question I have, not well, whether or not he's capable or willing or maybe probably likely to do it. Well, here's a question I have for you, Sarge. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're, you, you, you have a, a great answer, and, 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 which is why I'm going to ask the question. Um, what can Congress do? If the president of the United States goes around Congress, even if he doesn't have the authority to do so, he believes he has the authority and he goes around Congress, what steps can Congress take to nullify what he may put into law by, by, use, by the use of signing statements or, or, um, or, or uh, executive orders? Okay, clearly the president has uh... – the power, even an illegitimate usurper since he's still sitting in the office. He clearly has the power to control the executive functions of the federal government by uh, executive decree. Uh, you know, uh, w- within his authority, within the Constitution, he has complete authority over all executive branches of the federal government. Uh, look, he does not have the authority to legislate. He has authority to work the executive power within the legislation that Congress has passed, but he does not have the authority to legislate uh, as a president of the United States. So what he has to do then, uh, Congress rather has to do, 
is to decide whether or not he's committed a high crime or misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. And they have to decide whether or not they're going to impeach him for those high crimes and misdemeanors. And since we have such a coward, I swear, I don't think I've ever seen a Congress quite as cowardly as the one we have now in this respect, in the assertion of their proper authority and the separation of powers vis-a-vis the executive branch, uh, uh, I, I think that's questionable as to whether or not they would. Well, let's say the president decides he wants to um, do what Jesse Jackson has called for, put 40 million Americans on the government payroll at $40,000 a head. Some a little more, some a little less. <laughs> I can't help but laugh. I'm sorry. Uh, and and suppose the president decides he's, he can't quite put the whole 40 million people on the public on 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 the on the national treasury dole or on on the on on the federal government dole but he'll put like 20 he'll put like 10 million and and hire 10 million people to work and and simply sign into sign that into law using a pen and a piece of paper can he do that of course not he thinks he can and he thinks he'll be, and who knows maybe he thinks he'll get populist cover for it by a, a bunch of Occupy Wall Street and think, yeah, 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 you this our president's finally listening to us, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But but he certainly doesn't have the authority for it. And if he does it and he gets away with it, well, that will be one more black mark against the Constitution and the rule of law. And one more, and one more, one further step toward the sort of incipient tyranny that this man has always represented from the moment he burst on the national scene. So, well, it all depends on how people care to look. It depends on what sort of government you want to have. The whole point of the Constitution of the United States, the entire point of it, was to diffuse and spread power about so the uh, a country would not be susceptible to the corruption invested in any one group of persons or any one person. The whole, that's the whole point of it, to spread it around between three branches of government and a federalist system of sovereign states. And a bill of rights, rights retained by the people. All of these things are supposed to check everything else. But, well, you know, because of the great mm-hmm. power of the moment of Barack Hussein Obama, we're prepared to chuck all of those principles, or at least many of us are. Well, yeah, and I've talked to quite a few people who've said that uh, you know they 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 want him to go ahead and get get his policies into place, let him do all the things he needs to do to get this country back on the right track because he didn't he's he's not responsible for it, and and even he said so in a series of interviews this past week that uh, what's occurred on his watch has been thirty three decades in the making his exact words, and that he simply attempting to rectify some of the damage that's been done over the last 30 years. What damage was that? Uh, 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 under under 7% unemployment rate? Is that the damage he's trying to fix? Well, what is it, under, what is it with him? Uh, uh, you know, a deficit that was, a budget deficit that was half of what his is now? Uh, what exactly does he want to repair? You know, I mean, I, I hear, you know, when, when, when he says the things he does, the amazing things he does, and, you know, I, I guess he expects the mainstream press is supposed to cover for him because they do, and they're not going to subject any of his incredible remarks to examination. It's like he puts on his, you know, I, you know what, I, I, I do a criticulation on Ontario Bryan show on Sundays, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and one of the things that I spoke about this week was uh, – uh, Right here on Blog Talk Radio, I spoke about the Barack Obama Do-It-Yourself speech kit. 
And when she don't <laughs> inserts certain things in there, you know, in every speech, and he's got this stock phrase that he sticks in every speech. And one of them is, of course, is, uh, you know, uh, uh, we cannot go back to the failed policies of the past. Yeah. You know, we cannot go to. Uh, you know, uh, uh, along with things like um, uh, 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 some would say, and then he'll insert a, fa- a fabricated quotation of something no one ever says. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And, and, or let me be perfectly clear, which is a place where he obfuscates about the subject. Yeah. You know, exactly. and, and he rejects the false choice that some would. And I have ordered my team to, and, you know, uh, folks are hurting. You know, we have to invest in the future. You know, of course, of course we're always translation spend, 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 via higher taxes and expand the government programs. Empty platitudes. You know, yeah, yeah all, all these things he does all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess he expects to just say these things. And, of course, those of us, you know, who are zombified and democratified and, you know, liberalized, we just won't examine any of it and just accept it as a well-meaning intention, well-meaning remarks of a president who just wants to do what's best for the country. When, in fact, he said, the Constitution is a flawed document of negative liberties. Well, well, the Superior Productions uh, wrote in the chat room just now that, that they believe uh, he was referring to the credit crisis, an economic bubble that bursted, in, uh, that bursted just before he became president. <laughs> what and, led to that, sir? That, that was a direct, direct, direct line from the Community Reinvestment Act of the Jimmy Carter era. Yeah. The expansion of that uh, policy on steroids under the Clinton administration and the lawsuits bought on behalf of uh, ACORN by one Barack Hussein Obama acting as a lawyer in a lawsuit versus Bayek's Robinson versus Citibank. And that's a direct cause of it, sir. A direct, not indirect. Well, the, And the refusal by the Democratic Congress uh, of such as George W. Bush and John McCain who, by the way, I am no fan of, but on this, he was correct. When they were calling for more oversight of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the Democrats shot them down in a heartbeat with no discussion, saying there was no need to regulate Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Everything was fine. We don't have nothing to see here. Besides, our job is to protect them from oversight, the very oversight which you are now espousing. That's exactly right. But what I wonder is uh, when Barack Obama says these things, these sanctimonious platitudes, these empty calories, as I like to call them. Um, I wonder, is anybody really falling for it? How many people are really just saying, oh, okay, well, yeah, now I, now I understand. Well, m- well, Mr. Obama, you know, we'll go ahead and give you the benefit of the doubt, and you go ahead and get these things done, get the things you need to get done. Because I have heard so many of these political pundits, especially those folks coming from MSNBC and some of the other mainstream media outlets, say that they would like to see the president have some level of dictatorial powers so that he can get his agenda through because the Republican Congress is standing in his way, standing in the way of getting things done for the American people. Let's see. I'm supposed to accept the word of – I'm supposed to accept the word now, the integrity of a Marxist usurping community organizer who has kept everything that I could observe about his past and his qualifications of the office sealed, hidden, under court orders. And I'm supposed to all of a sudden now, I'm expected to trust in his integrity to do the right thing with dictatorial powers? Do these people think I'm smoking the same things they are? Because I'm not, and I reject such a notion. And anyone who believes in liberty, freedom, 
and the United States Constitution will too. I don't care what expediency these fools say, given the absolute, utter, complete failure, <laughs> failure yeah. that this yeah. administration has been. It is incomprehensible that people could think I'm as stupid as they are. Or, or anyone who believes in the Constitution and the United States is. Well, Sarge, no doubt the 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 uh, this administration has has, has behaved incompetently. In fact, a Democrat, uh, uh, I think a Democrat congressman came out just a few days ago and wrote an op-ed piece that the president would rather – he believes that the president would rather be a teaching professor than the job he holds now because his policies are all over the place. Um, but there will be those who will say that, well, you know, this mess that was created by these former presidents – and, and and Republicans is just so vast, so weighted, so 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 just it's just such a mess that Obama's really trying to, to, to do the best he can to dig us out of this massive hole. And if it takes spending a couple of trillion dollars here or there or trying different things, then so be it. So let me get this straight then. Let's see. His answer to George W. Bush's half a trillion dollar deficit, I think it was about the biggest, maybe $600 billion mm-hmm. was his biggest mm-hmm. deficit. His answer is to double and quadruple them. I, I, let me try to get my head around this. He's well, I've, about I've had a mess that President yeah. Bush left him with a big spending deficit. So his answer for that is to double and triple, maybe quadruple them. I, I, I'm going to have to really work on this. I'm, I see he's too brilliant for me. Yeah, his, 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 his solutions must be so sophisticated that they simply <laughs> defy mathematics. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and come up with a new uh, numeric reasoning system that will explain Barack Obama's solution to the problems that he inherited from other presidents. Because right now, I'm just not capable of comprehending them. Well, the situation is, is 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 it's a very simple one. The president would like to uh, fundamentally transform the United States of America, as we as we've heard so often. We've reported on it. We've talked about it in blog talk radio shows all all the time that he wants to fundamentally transform the United States of America. And but he never said into what, from what, into what. But we, we've got the general oh, yes, idea. Yes, we just haven't been paying attention to it. We just didn't want to believe it. Oh, he said what he wants. He said it a million times. Yeah, he just he just couches in that honeyed voice of his, yeah. you know, with his great big smile, and all the media telling us how he's the greatest thing for us in America's greatest original sin uh, since sliced bread. He's the mm-hmm. expiation of all of our sins. So you really don't need to examine too closely what he wants to say. All you need to look at is what he intends. Which, of course, is utopia for all of us on this earth. Yeah. Because, no. you know, in his mind, you know, it's beyond his pay grade to figure out what comes after. There isn't any utopia that comes after this one. See, this is, utopia has got to be obtained here. And it's got to be done through Marxist-slash-socialist means. And, and, and when you have that sort of a belief system, hey, you can say the kind of things Barack Obama does. Because government is not supposed to deliver to us manna on this earth. Government is supposed to provide for the common defense, for the general welfare. And the way you provide for the general welfare is by sticking to the precepts within the Constitution, at least if you believe in the Constitution. 
And then yeah. the rest of it will sort itself out. You will be able on your own and with the help of others and those you can enlist to your aid and form confederations with, you will be able to pursue happiness on the earth as embodied in the Declaration. But, see, that's not good enough for Obama because that won't consolidate power so he and his cronies can decide who gets what levels of compensation. Because, you see, the system isn't fair. Yeah. Well, no, it's not fair, and he should be able to decide how much money one makes and how much we're allowed to keep. He stated that outright uh, on, on, on at least one occasion, and my issue is – He said my, at my, some point – remember when he said, uh, at some point I think you uh, made no money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. He's going to think, he's going to decide essentially for you, or at least imply, that there's a point at which you've made too much money if you obtained it legally. As if if it is some business of his that uh, how much money a person has made. I mean, whether or not it's enough or not. It is. It is. Uh, And unless, of course, you're one of his uh, capitalist cronies, it's up to him to decide as to where your money should go once you've made it. The only reason you can make yeah. a lot of money is so he and his, his, his circle can decide how your money will be divvied up to the people to whom he thinks it should be distributed. Well, that's the people who enable him and his cronies to come into power. Well, that's exactly right. But I've stated on many, many occasions, Sarge, that America, we're, we're far too entrenched in a, in a capitalist system. We're far too individualistic as a nation. In fact, the fact the very fact that our nation was founded on rugged individualism and the right not to be overtaxed and overregulated that we were founded on on these basic principles that the reason why a revolution was fought was for these reasons that it's not going to be as easy for Barack Obama or any future president to turn us into something fundamentally different from what we have now what are your thoughts Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, thank you, sir, for that. You're absolutely correct. But not only that, not only that, remember the speech this dummy, excuse me, the president gave in Osawatomie, (laughs) Kansas, which, by the way, is the name of the periodical of the Weather Underground. Yes. And, you know, the SBS, founded by his buddy, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, Ayers, William Ayers. Yeah. And, 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 of course, now, you know, you know, I guess... People would tell us that he did it because it was uh, the site of a free soil uh, a bo- a clash, free soil clash between border ruffians and anti-slavery uh, elements in, in Kansas before the Civil War. But, but no, I, I'm convinced it was because it was the name of the periodical of the Weather Underground. But in that speech, according to his revisionist version of American history, we've only tried capitalism briefly during our history. And that was during the robber baron period of the late 19th century. And the only thing that resulted from that, according to Obama in his speech, the emphasis upon which he gave in his speech was child labor and unprecedented lower-class poverty. And, of course, yeah. these atrocities, these capitalist atrocities, were only corrected by the progressive policies of Teddy Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson. And then when we again tried capitalism in the 1920s, and according to Obama, what resulted from that was a Great Depression, and it took, of course, FDR's New Deal to slay that monster. And, and, and you know, and, and then the account gets more farcical. The capitalism tried under George Bush result in the housing bubble, the financial crisis, and the ensuing Great Recession we're, we're, we're under now. And he, now he's arguing government is needed to save the day with exponentially increased deficits. And now this shows this guy is clearly not qualified to teach 
uh, any elementary school civics or history. Well, and, and you're and 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 that's exactly what right. I've, economic I, system does he think we had in the 1890s and 1920s that he was six to restore? And that didn't start with J.P. Morgan or John Rockefeller or Mellon or Baruch in the 20s. That was a time they were attacking capitalism. I'm talking about his beloved progressives. The U.S. was born and prospered under capitalism. The Great Depression resulted from uh, the monetary policy of the Fed, the, the effects of the trade war sparked by smooth holly tariffs, and an interventionist economic policies of Hoover and Roosevelt, policies that were decidedly uncapitalist. But no, the big dunce, he can't figure that out. Not from his Marxist deconstructionist point of view. Well, it, it, exactly right. And you know what? Rush Limbaugh said it uh, shortly after Obama was elected. He said, at some point, this guy is just going to come right out and say what he's really all about. He's going to come right out and say it. And I believe that he's done so. I believe uh, uh, Sarge, the, the call for, with uh, Sarge just dropped. Hopefully he'll call back, but we'll go ahead and continue. Barack Obama has stated in the in the Kansas uh, briefing that he would – that capitalism, our capitalist system doesn't work, and in his mind, it has never worked. He has come right out and said it. We've got Sarge back on the line. We're going to go ahead and bring him in. Sarge. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sorry about that. That's Skype, boys. Yeah, I understand. Hey, you know what? I just uh, I just spoke to Barack Obama saying that the capitalist system, our system, doesn't work, and to his mind has never worked. To my mind, he when, when he said that, when he said the, that, a worse the, the the effect. It's it's it told us all the whole not just the United States but the whole world that he doesn't believe in capitalism he doesn't believe in the free market system and he would like to see it replaced that's what I got from that statement. There's no doubt about it. Look, Obama as he's presently functioning more so than even a Marxist or so he's more like a, a fascist and he's a guy who controls businesses by picking winners and losers based on who advances the fascist power as opposed to a commie just taking a property and centralizing control over all means of production directly. Right now he's functioning as a fascist, but remember, there's still left-wingers. You know, but, but that's the way he's talking, you know, with Solyndra, with Light Squared, with uh, Chrysler, with GM. These, these are fascist, fascist methods of uh, economic control. You're looking at, and it's more specifically, more directly, it's American-style crony capitalism, which is our form of capitalism. Yeah. I, I mean, of fascism. And that's what Barack Obama's doing right now. No, he doesn't believe in, in, in capitalism. He's going to use intermediate steps to go around the free market. And unfortunately, uh, we haven't had the kind of free market that is properly regulated by proper government oversight of fraud, corruption, and criminality. And that is the function for government and free market, but nothing else. Nothing else. We've had a horribly regulated market. For at least 80, 90 years now, yep. and we haven't had really a free market in this country. I would like to see what a free market in the United States would look like and how it would function to bring prosperity to more people. So do you think that the president really meant that it hasn't worked properly, that it should work better, uh, that uh, that he doesn't really want to replace it with, uh, with, with socialist uh, with, with policies, but he would just like to see – the free market system run instead of on six cylinders on eight? No. Uh, yes, for now. Like I said, uh, he, he understands, like like all good Alinskyite schools, social community activists and others, and, 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 and Marxists generally who are seeking to undermine 
uh, undermine control of, uh, of Western civilization, Western institutions. It's a long march through the institution. Mm-hmm. And he's certainly not going to get socialism implemented overnight. He's got to do, it's got to be done in degrees. And he's willing to do it in degrees. And if he has to put uh, you know, capitalism on life support or maybe uh, take a couple spark plugs out of the cylinders, get it to run bad and misfire, he'll do that. Yes, he will. Uh, you know, uh, he, but he, look, Obama, if he gets a second term, the republic's going to be dead. Because Obama's going to attempt to rule by decree and the administrative yeah. state. Uh, yeah. He's going to use all the agencies he's got, particularly the horrid Department of uh, Environmental Protection Agency, which is uh, 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 amazingly one of the key uh, elements in his takeover of the economy and of the country. I mean, just think of it. All of us are subject to regulation by the EPA because we all emit carbon dioxide. Well, that, that's think exactly it <laughs> Yeah. Every one of us can be regulated by the EPA to some extent. It's amazing. I believe – yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I believe that the president is laying the groundwork. He's putting the systems in place. He's putting the people in place in his administration for uh, with this term. And then uh, with the next four years, uh, starting in early 2013, well, well, in November uh, of next year, he will go ahead and make his move to completely and utterly transform the United States of America into something completely uh, foreign to us here in this country. I wouldn't say unrecognizable, but it'll be something uh, akin to what uh, what what we what we're seeing in Europe right now. But I wonder. Just how many Americans are really buying into this? Because his poll numbers are down uh, terribly. Uh, he he's not doing well with uh, with independence, and uh, I, I I'm I'm getting the idea that America is no longer buying into what he's selling. I don't know, Doctor Jones. I, I'm watching this guy in Kansas, and, and, and again, it made me consider how this greatest of nations. Elected an utterly ahistorical Marxist Luddite hack of a usurper to the most significant political office in the world. I just keep asking myself. But Sarge, what how could it happen? We've seen this many times throughout history, where uh, a country becomes disheartened, where a company is told, a country is told that we're on a downslide, and only I can bring us back. Only me, my policies, I can. Bring us back to greatness. We've seen it, and I'm not suggesting that our president is anywhere uh, on the same plane with an Adolf Hitler or Benito Mussolini. But we've seen the playbook. We've seen the playbook, and it just happened to work here in this country, along with an awful lot of white guilt on uh, you know the, the, all, all this time, a lot of that, and a lot of simply falling for a. What I consider to be just a, your basic, average, everyday con artist. Well, yeah, I guess those of us who think the uh, equivalent of the Chinese Cultural Revolution couldn't happen here, either we ain't been paying attention, or we're not facing reality. I mean, look, the left pla- put planted the seeds of class warfare a long time ago. They've been watering and cultivating them ever since. We've let the welfare state grow and grow and enslave more generations of people, many of whom are now loyal voting supporters of the Democrat Party bloc who in the deepest and most guarded thought would welcome an American cultural revolution. Look at these nutcases on Occupy Wall Street and its various iterations around the country. And, if you, and we know if you let cancer grow and metastasize, it becomes difficult to eradicate. But look, this guy, he ain't very bright. He was promoted way yeah. above his pay grade, you know, and he's got no ideas. And I'm going to say this. Look, I'm watching him. I'm listening to him talk about, you know, uh, you know there, there, there's no um, – um, 
what do you say, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, he's talking about the Constitution and yeah. liberty. I mean, mm -hmm. you know what he reminds me of? His personality, he was saying that, it, it was akin to that of a deceased pie sign creature. And that's, in case you don't know, <laughs> like a dead fish, okay? Yeah, yeah. He's like a yeah. dead fish, but I'm told about what an old charisma he's got. Now, i yeah. got to admit, Hitler, as bad as he was, he did have charisma. Yeah, he did. He did. And so did yeah. Mussolini. But this guy, he doesn't have any charisma. He's got a teleprompter image. That's it. Well, you now, know. I mean, and, and, and watching this dude, when, when, you know, the press and the radicalists behind him, you know, the, 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 you know the, he's always believed his own press. He, and, and, and when I, I think he went to Kansas in some, in some part, some small measure, to sanctify the ugly Kansas connections to his putative Marxist family on his mother's side, and that mm -hmm. all of us should want to go back on a journey down his own personal memory lane. And I don't want to be the theater for Obama's psychodrama. I'm sick of his reality theater. You know, well, I mean, you know, and look, and when he went to Osawatomi, he's thrown away this liberal moderate mask, which was the last clothing that this emperor had on. Now, yeah, I want everyone to say, this dude is butt-ass naked now. Fuck naked. Fuck naked. Butt and you know... And 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 it, it will be interesting to see over the course of the next couple of weeks and next couple of the next month or so if it's really sunk into the American electorate exactly what he said and and what he may have meant by it because he was a slightly vague but you know we're getting the idea more and more as we go along that this guy really isn't a fan of number one our constitution. And number two, our capitalist uh, free market system. No, he's not at all, and, and, and he's trying to convince you that it's a failure. I mean, you know, and all of these bunch, they're all trying to convince capitalism a failure. We have to give, uh, you know, we have to go not just a mixed economy. We have yep. to give socialism a cry. We have to try yeah. socialism. We have to try central-directed, all-out, wartime-type Keynesian economics, you know, at, at, at the highest of levels. And there's yep. no other way for us out of the system. You know, and, and nobody seems to notice that in, in prior histories, in prior times, whenever the country had recession, none of them went beyond three years. None of them. Ever. None of them. None of, not, not, not one. None of them ever went that long. The only reason we got a Great Depression is because the federal government meddling in it. Well, that's three exactly. Shale's a forgotten man. She lays it all out perfectly in that book. Oh, you no understand doubt. understand how it happened. Uh, no doubt at all, and I want to thank you so much for calling in, Sarge. You have made the show tonight. Uh, we've got some people in the chat room who haven't been here, and I believe they're here because you came in and 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 you called in and and thank you so much, guy. You 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 made this show tonight. You you are the You're man. Doing God's work, Doc. You're doing God's work, and I'm already help out anybody doing God's work and bringing the truth to the American people. All right, man. Thank you so much for calling in. Hey, rapid fire every. Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. to 6. Is that right? That's it. Me and Lee Jenkins, the runner right. and the heart and soul of When it. you walk through the garden, oh, you, hey. you gotta watch your back. Please tune in. When I beg your pardon. 2020. Stay mad. 9 o'clock. Right now. 2020. You rock. You're listening to the Steve Robin Jones Situation Report. Good night, folks. God bless you. And God bless you tonight. We're out. He's got the fire and the fury. He's got the fire and the fury. At his command. Where you don't have to worry. If you hold on to Jesus' hand. We'll all be safe from Satan. 
sword And they shield you with their wings Keep you close to the Lord Don't pay heed to temptation For his hands are so cold You gotta help me keep the devil Way down in the hole Keep the devil. 